It's episode 20 of the ADR podcast. This is my fifth week doing the show, and now the show is as old as me, 20. Woohoo! Welcome to today's episode of ADR. I'm your host, Brian Hamilton, in case you didn't know that already. Every year around Oscar season, everyone has their own thoughts about what should be nominated, what should win, what the Academy should recognize, and they don't always line up with what actually happens. I think Moonrise Kingdom was the best script of last year. Hell, I think it was the best movie last year. But it didn't win screenplay and wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. So there are times when the general public thinks something should win, and then the Academy comes out of left field and recognizes something completely random. Or maybe not random, but at least not in tune with what the public thought would win, what they think would be the best movie. Today's episode is all about Oscar snubs. Tonight's theme at Newfec is movies that should have won an Oscar. Um, the nominated movies were Wreck-It Ralph, Up in the Air, Memento, and Star Wars Episode Four. Now, they're all really great movies, and all the movies that the Academy recognizes are usually very good. Usually. I'll get to the bad ones in a second. But if a movie should have won an Oscar, then people are going to remember that over time. And as time goes on, people aren't necessarily going to remember the Oscars. People will remember the movies. When you look back on it, people like Kubrick and Hitchcock never won an Oscar. Which we think is ridiculous now, but back then, they didn't know any better. Or maybe not didn't know any better, but they went with their gut with what they felt that year. As time goes on, you really start to realize what is a good movie. What are the classics? Take 2011 Ceremony, for instance. That is the year that The Social Network rivaled The King's Speech for Best Picture. Now, I love The Social Network, and when I saw The King's Speech, I was expecting a lot of great things, going back to my expectations episode. But honestly, I don't think that in 10 years, people are going to think of The King's Speech nearly as fondly as they do The Social Network. My point here isn't that the Oscars don't matter, because they do. I think it's a lot of fun to debate with people about these kinds of things and see who and won't win. These are my nerd sports every year. I get to discuss these movies with all of my friends and figure out, based on what has happened in the past, what may or may not win this year. But sometimes the Academy doesn't recognize what really are the best movies of the year, and over time we're going to weed out what really was and wasn't a good movie in any given year. Starting at this year, I think that Inside Lewin Davis is a lot better than the Academy gave it credit for. It only got two nominations. Oscar Isaacs deserved Best Actor, or at least a nomination. They didn't even get screenplay, which I think is ridiculous. They're the Coen brothers. They're the best screenplays out there. Last year's biggest nomination snubs were almost certainly Ben Affleck and Catherine Bigelow for Direction. Now, I'm really glad that Amour and Beasts of the Southern Wild were up for directing, but honestly, those two spots really were better deserved by Ben Affleck and Catherine Bigelow. Argo and Zero Dark Thirty were such director-based movies that it's impossible to not recognize them. It's like not nominating Colin Firth for The King's Speech. Given the choices between director last year, I'm pretty sure that Ang Lee was the best choice for director. And I'm not upset that he won because Life of Pi was amazing. But I would much rather have had Ben Affleck win director as well, because Argo was great. Of course, the biggest snub of last year was, by far, Moonrise Kingdom in just about every category. I think that it was the best movie made last year. When the Academy nominates only nine movies, I can't help but think that a tenth movie should be snuck in there just because it's really good and there's that one spot that could totally go to a deserving movie. Why Moonrise Kingdom wasn't nominated last year, I have no idea. Now, jumping all the way back to 1941, Citizen Kane is, I think, the greatest movie ever made. And it was nominated for nine Oscars and won only a single Oscar for writing. It was nominated for picture, director, actor. 
I think it should have won all of them. Best picture that year went to How Green Is My Valley, which I think is crazy because who remembers that movie? Who thinks that How Green Is My Valley is better than Citizen Kane? Nobody. Especially not now. Again, as time goes on, we're going to figure out what are the best movies. And Citizen Kane is widely thought to be one of the best. This is interesting. I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. Um, film editor Robert Wise recalled each time Citizen Kane's name was called out as a nominee, the crowd booed. Most of Hollywood did not want the film to see the light of day. That's fascinating, because now people love it and think it's great. Who knows, maybe in 80 years, people are going to think that Sandra Bullock's uh, performance in The Blind Side was the best thing in the world. But honestly, I can't imagine that anyone's going to like that movie. That's another huge snub in terms of winning. Sandra Bullock totally did not deserve that acting win. Sandra Bullock was up against Helen Mirren and still won. I didn't see The Last Station, but... Even then, I think that Gabourey Sidibe was better than Sandra Bullock in Precious. And Meryl Streep! As much as I didn't like Julie and Julia, Meryl Streep is still a fantastic Julia Child. Between takes, my refrigerator kicked on, so sorry about the white noise. I'm going to cut this episode short. Tonight's movie is Up in the Air, which was nominated for Best Picture, Actor, and Two Supporting Actress roles back in 2009. It's a fantastic movie by Jason Reitman, who always infuses his movies with a really cool kind of heart. Especially in Juno, that really makes something like teenage pregnancy light and fun. He's able to make something as serious, well not serious, but as depressing as a guy losing touch with the world, funny and entertaining. Thanks for listening, and tune in tomorrow for another episode. (laughs) 